This is Dr. Balaga here. Today's uh, podcast is on Neoplasia and the Heart, uh, published in uh, Journal of American College of Cardiology, 2018, 70, uh, volume 72, page 202 to 227. It's a, a, a Jack state-of-the-art review titled Neoplasia and the Heart, a pathological review of effects with clinical and radiological correlation. The authors are Dr. Joseph Melzuski, Dr. Melanie Boyce, MD, and four other authors, all from the Mayo Clinic, from the Departments of Surgery, Departments of Internal Medicine and Cardiovascular Medicine, and Department of Radiology. The following are the summary points to remember from this pathological review of clinical and radiological effects of neoplasia in the heart. <clears throat> Point number one, mechanisms of cardiac involvement in neoplastic disease include both direct and indirect mechanisms. The direct mechanisms include hematolymphoid metastasis, including hematogenous seeding, example in melanoma and lymphoma, retrograde lymphatic seeding, example in breast cancer, and venous extension, example renal carcinoma. Direct metastasis, example in lung carcinoma, and primary cardiac tumor growth, and interluminal tumor growth. Indirect mechanisms include thoracic radiation, chemotherapeutic agents, carcinoid tumor with 5-HT elaboration, and plasma cell dyscrasia like amyloidosis. Point number two, metastatic cancer. The incidence of metastatic disease to the heart is between 0.7% and 3.5% in the general population. Lung, breast, and hematological tumors and melanoma are among the malignancy that most frequently metastasize to the heart. The clinical presentation is often nonspecific and depends largely on tumor location and the extent of involvement. Pericardial metastasis, responsible for greater than 60% of the cases of cardiac metastasis, results in signs and symptoms of pericarditis or pericardial effusion. Myocardial metastases account for about one-third of the cases and can cause cardiac arrhythmias, chest pain, or other symptoms mimicking acute coronary syndrome. Endocardial involvement is rare in about 3 to 5% of the cases. Echocardiography is usually the first line cardiac imaging for evaluation of potential masses because of its widespread availability. Cardiac magnetic resonance imaging, CMR, is useful because of the ability to evaluate extracardiac involvement. Advantages of computer tomography include substantially higher spatial resolution, three-dimensional volumetric coverage, and better ability to visualize epicardial coronary arteries and mediastinal structures which may help in planning surgery. Point number three, primary cardiac tumors which are benign. Primary cardiac neoplasms are rare and incidence of 0.02%. The vast majority of these primary lesions are benign. However, catastrophic consequences may still occur due to the sensitive location of these lesions that they may occupy. Benign Primary cardiac neoplasms can obstruct flow, interfere with valve function, cause arrhythmia, and or embolize, 
either the neoplasm itself or the adherent thrombus causing a stroke or myocardial infarction. The most common primary tumors are primary fibroelastomas followed by myxomas. Other benign lesions include lipomas, lipomatous hypertrophy of the atrial septum, hemangiomas, hematomas lesions including pediatric tumors such as cardiac rhabdomyoma, cardiac fibroma, and more rare hematomas lesions of cardiac myocytes. Point number four, malignant primary cardiac neoplasms. Undifferentiated high-grade pleomorphic sarcoma are the most common primary malignant neoplasms in the heart, including dated terms such as malignant fibrous histiocytoma and undifferentiated sarcoma. They usually, that is greater than 80%, involve the left atrium, but tend to arise in the posterior wall, unlike myxomas, which arise in the atrial septum. Cardiac imaging is useful in staging, anticipating complications, and planning procedural interventions. Cardiac angiosarcoma is the most common primary cardiac malignancy, exhibiting differentiation. They usually arise within the right atrium, or the right atrioventricular groove. Echocardiography is often used when these patients present with hemodynamic compromise owing to hemopericardium, leading to right-sided heart failure or tamponade. Primary pericardial mesothelioma is rare, yet it represents 50% of all pericardial tumors. The imaging features in cardiac, cardiac magnetic resonance imaging and CT overlap substantially with inflammatory pericarditis. Primary cardiac lymphoma accounts for 1-2% to of all cardiac neoplasms and preferentially involves the right side cardiac chambers and the pericardium. Point number five, secondary neoplastic effects of the heart include chemotherapeutic cardiac toxicity, cardiac amyloid, and carcinoid syndrome. Cardiotoxicity of certain classes of chemotherapy such as anthracycline, example doxorubicin, and alkylating agents, example cyclophosphate is well known. Other agents such as monoclonal antibodies, example trastuzumab, and immune checkpoint inhibitors are also increasingly recognized for their adverse effects in the heart. Cardiovascular radiation injury can result in pericardial injury, coronary artery disease, and valvulopathy, and is most likely to occur after treatment of malignancies close to the heart, such as breast, lung, and esophageal cancers, as well as thymoma and mediastinal lymphoma. Patients radiated for left breast cancer have been shown to have higher rates of apical perfusion defects. Esophageal cancer radiation may, can, may also cause similar effects in the inferior wall, owing to the different, radi different radiation port and relatively higher doses. Approximately one half of the patients with AL amyloidosis, the product of an underlying plasma cell malignancy, will have cardiac involvement. CMR can be extremely useful detecting signs of amyloid deposition. More than 50% of the patients with carcinoid syndrome will develop carcinoid heart disease or carcinoid valvulopathy. This is in a nutshell an outstanding review on neoplasia in the heart in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology 2018, volume 72, page 202 to 227. The authors are from the Mayo Clinic. I recommend everyone reads this uh, article. Mm -hmm.